0: Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at Fat underscore Lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are the dangling phalanges of
1: this podcast. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, yes, my, my phalanges do dangle. Um, I like the way they dangle. Uh, it took a little bit to get used to it, but I, I appreciate the dangle. Uh God, that's the most i ever said dangle in, like, you know, a 10-second period. stop
0: saying it while Okay, while we're well, on fine, fine,
1: fine, Don't fine, say fine. dangle
2: anymore. <laughs>
1: All right, this is Chuck <laughs> Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And
2: my name's Gene Zilak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, I had to, like, look up what phalanges were. I thought that was some sort of, like, double entendre or something. Well, <laughs> I
1: mean, it normally is, or it's, you know, what Regina Phalange is, uh, phoebe's nickname on friends so we can always work in a good friends reference here
0: all right and and tonight we are joined by a uh, solidly uh, adhered phalange uh dr keith heck is is joining the show today what's up doctor
3: hey appreciate you having me again it's, i think this is my third time so i'm always excited to join that uh, with you guys i think this might be the first time i'm here with um your other colleague here
0: yeah, the whole, the whole gang whole is gang. here because we have a, a lot of uh, important injuries to talk about. But first and foremost, did I use the word phalanges correctly?
3: What was the context? <laughs> you, you, you called your friends phalanges? No, I, I don't think that's the correct. Um, well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going
0: to jump right in and, and yeah. talk about Joel Embiid's uh, dangling, uh, what is it, left ring finger. Yeah, yeah so um I, I didn't
3: watch the game at all, but um, did he did he dislocate that twice during the game is is that what happened? Did they pop it in initially and then it came back out? I'm not sure, oh, so you I'm didn't
0: gonna... get to see the absolute terror of I, him I saw the down, video of it. but not a lot it. okay, yeah, yeah, they I guess they popped it in and it looked like they taped it, and he played the rest of the game,
3: yeah, yeah, that was my understanding too, so um um, you know, everything I'm saying. You guys can fire away whatever questions you have, but it looks like he dislocated the knuckle portion of the ring finger and um, had a complete tear of, you know, I guess everyone is fully aware of the radial collateral ligament at this point. Um, So, it looks like he had a a pretty significant tear, a complete tear. Um, And I guess a lot of people would probably wonder, why can't he just buddy tape that and continue to play? And why does he have to get that fixed? Um, Well, sometimes you can. But in this instance, obviously, um, he didn't, and then that knuckle is pretty important, as you know, compared to the other little knuckles further down the uh, quote-unquote phalanges that you guys are uh, <laughs> referencing. So, uh, the actual the knuckle is a little bit more more important, and uh, so he had, you know, what looks like a complete tear of that L- RCL ligaments, and th- that could lead to a lot of uh, disability, um, instability of that, you know. Um, knuckle, uh, chronic pain, chronic weakness, trouble gripping, grasping, and uh, with that complete tear with a guy who plays his position in, in, a, in a sport like basketball, trying to you know swat the ball, block, um, you know, it's his guide hand, non dominant hand. I, I think there was probably a high risk that that joint was going to continue to dislocate throughout the season if he wasn't going to get that fixed, which would be um, which be, would would you know be a major problem for for someone like him. So. Um, decided to get it fixed. I don't think he'll be out too long, uh, anywhere from four to six weeks is kind of what I'm hearing and, and what I know for, for those types of injuries. So, hopefully, they can you know right the ship and, and stay afloat without him.
1: I think, uh, the last time you were on, you mentioned you know Joel's size being you know a potential issue for him with the wear and tear. That would this be related to you know? like him being a big man at all, or just a, a complete sort of fluke? I
3: think it's more of a fluke and, and not related to his, his size. Um, you know, I think it's more of, it's just a fluke injury, just the nature of the game, playing basketball, jamming your finger, getting caught in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, type of thing. Um, so I, I don't know with his size, you know, some of these guys who who are you know, that tall, or and pretty much a lot of these guys in the NBA are pretty tall, um, you know, had the, you know could have very loose ligaments that can make him put him a little bit more at risk for you know these types of dislocations um but in terms of his seven foot two two hundred and sixty pound frame, or when he comes back he might be three hundred pounds but uh I don't think that has anything to do with it too much.
0: So the ligament is, and this is by the knuckle, like where you you know where you would punch Carl Anthony Towns with, like that part <laughs> of the knuckle, like the <laughs> punching part. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the knuckle,
3: kind of like a boxer's knuckle there. Um, so kind of right where the the hand meets the finger, you know, that that major big knuckle right there. Um, so if you just kind of look at your own hands, you can imagine how painful that would be to dislocate that part. I think we've all kind of jammed our fingers, but it's pretty rare. Uh, it's much more rare to kind of dislocate the knuckle part versus the other joints in the, the finger, the smaller little joints. Um, so that's why it's a little bit more significant to have a complete tear there. And, and you can kind of see his, his finger is a good solid 45 degrees pointing in the wrong direction, which is <laughs> uh, kind of amazing.
0: He came back in the game, but they popped it in and taped it up. And, and here we are. Uh, any any lasting uh, concerns from this? Like, what is it more prone to re-injury now or anything like that? Or will he just be fine when he comes no,
3: back? No, I think he'll be fine when he comes back. I think if they didn't fix it, you know, there, there's a possibility they could have maybe waited a little bit. But, you know, I think they're anticipating their season. Hopefully it will be extended into May. Um, so a whole five months might be a long time to try to reconstruct that ligament. Uh, you know, there could be some deformities and, and chronic issues that could develop in between then. But, you know, they jumped on it pretty quick. I don't think there's going to be any long-term issues here. Uh, and I think, you know, a couple of months, he should be pretty good and pretty stable with that finger.
0: And as we learned from Deshaun Jackson, just get the surgery. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes,
3: just get the <laughs> surgery. But, I mean, you look at I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking, Nate Gary for the, for the Eagles. He, um, You know, he played the whole season with the core injury. And was able to manage it, but uh and then decide to get the surgery after the season. I think that's the Sean was hoping to kind of go that route, but unfortunately that didn't didn't really bode too well for him.
0: Yeah. Uh well, I mean, you know, kind of just staying on the Sixers right now. Do you do you wanna offer any sort of uh your take on what's wrong with the Sixers? You know, um, I don't think we have enough time here, but uh
3: it's <laughs> You know, I, I've actually been on a little mini boycott of the Sixers. Oh. They they get my blood pressure up too high to actually watch them. So I follow the box scores, but you know, I, I told myself if you know Simmons doesn't shoot, I'm done because they're not going to win. You know, they're not going to win unless he starts shooting a jump shot. And maybe they don't have the pieces around him to compliment him. Maybe they don't have the coach uh, that knows how to put these pieces together. I I just think there's a lot of um, mismatch here with, with a lot of different things with the personnel and the coaching and. You know, you get a six foot ten point guard who who's just uh, uber talented, and um, you know I think his game kind of conflicts with you know Embiid's game where he wants to be around the basket five ten feet, and then you got Horford, it just clutters everything, and there's just no no rhythm and spacing on offense, and that's a problem.
0: So r- real quick, let's just go around the horn. If you had to get rid of one of these guys, Embiid, Simmons, or Brett Brown. Uh, which one would you start with after we uh, we lose in the second round of the playoffs
1: this year? <laughs> um, Brett Brown. I am... it's, it's The whole team, the talent revolves around uh, Embiid and Simmons. So, Brett Brown has had a hell of a long stay here. You know, you don't normally have a coach that is here for the rebuild and stays around for the success. So... I would think if we have to change one variable uh I'm changing Brett Brown all day even though I'm not ready to put the the most recent headaches on him but it, yeah one of thems changing it's Brett Brown it's not even close Gene who's getting the axe
2: I'm going I'm going to go off of my tendency um but because I really honestly don't think any of the three are going anywhere I think that this of those three the, the, you know, everything else can change, but that's the core group. But if I had to to lose one, I think uh, putting my personal biases aside, I think you'd have to lose Ben Simmons for two reasons. One, I think that you're going to get the best um, return on that and inv- like return on him uh, because he is as talented as he is, and he's under contract now. so if you if you move him, I feel like you're gonna get the most back. Also, I feel like you can – You guys like Joel Embiid just do not – they're generational. They don't grow on trees. Uh, not, not that I don't think that what Ben Simmons does is, is unspectacular. It's just you can build a team around a guy like Joel Embiid. It would be very difficult if you're not going to move Ben Simmons to center to build a team around him.
0: Doctor? I'm going Brett
3: Brown. He's got to go. Um, he's a nice man. He's very well compensated. His time is up. He he's just he's not He um, had a shot, right? He's not pushing the right buttons here. You know, it's uh you know, it's just he's you know, ever since he he requested Ben to shoot one three a game, Ben, you know, has responded by shooting zero threes a game, I think, since he's made that statement. Correct. Um, which is, you know, that's a little damning to me to see that and to see how the team responds to him and you know how he's kinda Um, I think he wants to continue to play his type of style of shoot as many threes as possible, but he doesn't have the guys to do it. And I think he's not really adjusting his coaching style to that. And it's the easiest thing to do. It's hard to get rid of Embiid and Simmons. You know, you're two high profile stars. Um, But if it was between the two players, you know, I think I'll I'll be a little bit different here and said, I would get rid of Embiid just because of health and durability issues. Um, Simmons, you know, except for his rookie year with a freak foot injury. And I don't want to jinx him, but it's been pretty darn durable and he's elite defensively. And, and when he does shoot, he actually makes it. So I'm just, you know, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him, but I do agree you'll get the most for him in a trade, but he's he's hard to give up on.
0: You guys stole all my points. So good job, guys. <laughs> well then what would be what would be your answer? It would be Brett. I think I think it okay. owed to the city to run this team back under different leadership, who could get more. I, I think you're at max talent right now. If you trade any of these guys, you won't get, you know. 100 cents on the dollar so you i mean you'd be doing the team a disservice i, I just want to see what it would look like under under different leadership like you know championship experience level leadership like i know brett was an assistant on a bunch of championship teams but i'd like to see a different I, i'd like to see jay right here honestly if it, if it was ever some sort of
1: miracle that could make that happen but uh anyway that's just fun to think about are you are you that down on the sixers right now that you are talking about Running it back? Are you talking about just coming off season? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know
0: where I'm at. I'm in a malaise. I'm, a, yeah, I'm in a okay. swirl right now. um Let's. Can we talk about the Eagles for a second? uh So you watch the the uh, Dr. Keith. You watch the playoff game, correct? Yes, absolutely. The clowny hit on Carson hmm. and kind of the. I mean, I, I don't know if you, you've heard the stories about Carson's behavior after mm-hmm. after the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, can you talk a little bit about what happened and, and kind of what he experienced?
3: Yeah. So I guess, are you referring to that? He couldn't recognize his girlfriend or his wife. And you know, I heard yeah, a story yeah. that he couldn't recognize his girlfriend. And, he
0: didn't know who he played last week. Yeah, I, I, I,
3: can believe it. I mean, that's, that's, that's very common to have a, a brief, um, stint of amnesia and, and memory loss. And I mean, I mean, just look at the hit. I mean, you, you got a 300 pound guy coming at you like, a, you know, with like this you know missile, you know, helmet to helmet. Not only got hit in the back of the head, but he got hit in the front of the head with, with the turf. Um You just look at the way he was kind of squinting and, you know, he just didn't look right. And, um, you know, I, I guess after that, they took him to the locker room. And, you know, a lot of it is when you're evaluating these, these players, there's some, you know, physical exam findings. And, and just looking at the hit, you can, you know, just go off that. It's pretty simple as, you know, call somebody concuss, but you know, a lot of it is, is dependent on you know the player being honest with you um and it sounds like he was you know it sounds like he was he was pretty forthright with the docs and the, the medical staff that he was experiencing you know concussion-like symptoms so um it's just a really really unfortunate situation you know for that to happen you know in that kind of way um in that situation but um you know the right decision was made. I mean, I don't think there was any way you can let him come out and play. Um, there's just too much risk kind of involved with, you know, playing with a concussion. But um, it's just it's it's really frustrating to see the NFL how inconsistent they are with, you know, how they want to protect the players, you know, with different rules that they've made and, you know, trying to, to mitigate lawsuits and, and protect these guys. And, you know, it, it's just for that to be that call to be missed and for them not to acknowledge it in the ensuing week with a, with a fine. Um, I think Saints, you know, serves a dangerous precedent there, um, uh, for other future hits like that. So it's a little bit, uh, concerning that that happened.
0: So you're of the mindset that the hit was intentional, it's a dirty hit. Is that where you're, is that, yeah, is that your absolutely. position here?
3: Absolutely. I mean, that, that was, that was intentional. I, I, I do believe there was intent to harm him because I think the other guy, there was another defender, that arrived two Wentz prior to Clowney, and and he laid up. I think a little bit, um, and Clowney was a little bit late to the play. Um, so yeah, I do. Um,
0: and this is the type of injury that basically drove Andrew Luck to retire. Was that his reason for retirement? Was oh, I think it was a lot of injuries. I mean, yeah. he had he experienced a lot of concussions, right? I mean, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's serious, and uh, you know, I guess when you make a lot of money in your career like Andrew Luck, you know, why risk it? <laughs> <that? laughs> What's the
0: point? So if this was if this was week two of the season, um, how long would Carson be out for? Well, you know, there's a whole return to play
3: protocol. A lot of these guys are are back within a week or two. So uh, the way the process works is in order for you to return back to a contact sport you got to do a return to play protocol in order to start a return to play protocol which is a five-day protocol uh, you have to be symptom free uh, for 24 hours and as soon as your symptoms clear and then 24 hours after that then you kind of start to graduate at uh, you know aerobic and anaerobic you know exercise program along with you know s- sport specific drills and mm-hmm. and, and kind of gradually increase your uh, mental load and physical load and You you monitor for any recurrence of symptoms, and if you have any recurrence of symptoms, that's a setback, and then that usually knocks you out for the the upcoming week when it comes to football, and then you got to start the process typically at the step prior to your setback. Um, And then also there's some computer testing, what they call neurocognitive testing, uh, which they have you take, which they compare to a baseline test that you take before the season, Um, and and that kind of helps... You know, see how well your brain's healing as well. So there is a possibility that he could have, for instance, that the you know Eagles would have pulled that game out, that he could have potentially played tonight uh, against the Packers um, with, with these guys. But I, I don't know. What his, it all depends on his previous concussion history. Um, you know, if he's had numerous concussions and prolonged recoveries in the past, that's usually a pretty good indicator that that would happen again.
2: Uh Right. So I wanted to ask um it it's it sounds like besides Carson's injury uh, the the quarterback that followed him also uh had a was it a, a a torn hamstring or a separated hamstring um he he had a hamstring injury uh, I'm not absolutely yeah. clear exactly what had happened to him but uh, he had to have it had surgery this week um now, two questions about that. Is, is that the type of injury that it would be uncommon to play on? Uh, did he do himself any more damage? And uh, do you think age played into, uh, into that injury? Because we're talking about a 40-year-old yep. quarterback as opposed to a 20-year-old quarterback.
3: Correct. Um, one, it is a rare injury that, or a less common hamstring injury that he sustains. Typically, a hamstring injury occurs in the muscle um, of the hamstring. And, and, and that's kind of when we see these athletes with the hamstring injuries or hamstring strains, you know 95% of them are, are within the muscle. Um, what he sustains was more at the tendon where it inserts kind of right at the buttock um, bone. And that's why when you look and watch during the game, you can kind of see who's kind of holding his, in, in his buttock area. Um, so what happens is you have three tendons that attach to that bone. And it looks like, or it sounds like he tore all three tendons. Um, that typically, you know, when you tear your tendon at that buttock bone, most of the times you don't need surgery unless you tear all three tendons. Um, so the fact that he had surgery pretty quickly suggests that he tore all three tendons. And to get to your question, is it a age-related thing? Uh, yes. Um, typically, the wear and tear of a 40-year-old at that tendon um, is a lot more damaged with just with normal day-to-day stuff with weightlifting, running, Um, it's a lot more of a degenerative type of tendon than a 23-year-old, so you're going to be more susceptible to that type of injury. And and when I see people in the office with that type of injury, they're typically weekend warriors in their early 40s or or mid-50s, or mid-40s, I'm sorry.
0: Is it because Tom Brady is made of pure evil that he doesn't receive injuries of this nature? That, or or maybe it's that vegan diet. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. So, I mean, how Herculean of a of a, an effort did uh, Josh McCown give us in the second half of that game, playing through that? Like, what was the oh, pain I, threshold? Oh, go, I'm
3: like... sure he was in a ton of pain. I, I I have all the respect in the world for him. You know that that is a true gr- grit and gutsy performance that he um that he did with that with that injury you know, even without the injury that was pretty gutsy kind of what what he you know he probably didn't take a lot of snaps throughout the year but that injury in itself uh, was pretty gutsy for him to um keep those guys in the game because because that's a pretty debilitating injury pretty painful in the,
1: in, in uh, the medically, back- uh, m- medically would you say he played his ass off
3: i guess it's safe to say that yes
0: (laughs) in the in the eagles backup quarterback uh folk hero hall of fame uh after nick Foles, um does mccown take the second spot or is it still jeff garcia
3: i would personally go with garcia but i have a lot of respect for mccown i'll never forget what he did so he's up there
0: all right right on
2: (laughs) you're leaving out uh you're leaving out coy detmer as well an agent. I, yeah. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, the Eagles' backup quarterback Hall of Fame is a stacked uh institution.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a bonus episode in the future. Hmm. Um, on oh. to the Flyers. Uh, what what's going on with Ghost? Because I think he's the latest and greatest flyer injury. Yeah, I don't I don't know any any
3: specifics, and I I didn't really see the injury. The only thing I, I've heard was he's undergoing arthroscopic surgery i guess he tweaked his knee in a game a week ago um and then he's the timeline is three weeks for him to to be out um because of a knee sprain i I think that suggests that he had a little meniscus tear um you know they're just going to go in there clean it up and and then hope he's back in in three weeks and then he's strong enough to be back so doesn't sound like it's anything significant that he should you know miss too much time i think three weeks is um a little bit on the early end but uh, I don't know enough details on the size of or what was going on but I, w- I would assume it was a little bit of a meniscus tear uh, that just needs a quick cleanup and then he should be good to go and
1: and I believe it was the same knee where he had torn uh his ACL back in the 2014-2015 season could this could this sort of cleanup be you know sort of left over from that from the recovery process or
3: no i I think that there when when you tear your acl i mean there could be other associated injuries um, from other ligaments or your meniscus and and if he had an associated meniscus tear with his initial acl injury um they would have gone in and cleaned up the whatever tear was there you know he still had a remaining meniscus um so i i don't think this was a remnant from his previous injury i just think it was a whole new injury altogether um that they had to go in there and clean it up but you know I think later on his career it could lead to more of a degenerative type of knee, but you know, hopefully that's not, you know, hopefully that's way down the road for him.
0: Um, okay, before before we let you go, um, where are you directing all of your sort of uh, Super Bowl rooting interests? What what team are you throwing your support behind uh, now that the now that the Eagles have been eliminated?
3: Um, that's a good question. As much as I, I really disliked Andy Reid and his time um, with the Eagles and how annoying he was and his limitations, I would probably have to throw my weight behind him. I, I think he's put his dues in. He's suffered. A, he's he's kind of suffered enough. Uh, it would be nice to see him, and especially since the Eagles won before he, he did. So I, I can deal with that. If it was vice versa, I probably wouldn't be doing
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, great. Well... Thank you for coming on the show and uh, and dropping some uh, some knowledge on us about these injuries. And uh, all the Phillies are currently healthy, right? As far as I know, we don't have to worry about any uh, any Phillies right now, oh,
3: right? Geez, I hope I hope not. Uh, <laughs> that would be a bad start to the season already.
0: <laughs> all right, well, as we end every segment with you, uh we hope uh we don't have to talk to you again uh anytime soon. Uh, but it's been great. Thanks for coming on the show. Once again,
3: no problem guys. Always have a blast doing it and, uh, good luck with the show. All
0: right. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, man. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Talk to you later. All right, dudes. Well, let's just, uh, keep it rolling here with, uh, with some more playoff talk. Uh, so as we're recording this, uh, podcast right now, uh, we're in the third quarter of uh, Green Bay, Seattle. So we don't we don't have a definitive outcome of that. Although uh, Green Bay looks looks to have this game in hand. But so, what did you guys think of the games yesterday?
1: Um, trying to recall them now. The Vikings, Sweet. Vikings and Niners. Oh yeah, that one that one was a snooze fest. Even you know, when I it was, was really looking forward to that game, I yeah. I, I,
0: I thought the Vikings were going to be a little friskier. Um, Than they were, and I'm glad I didn't put money on that game because I, I was really feeling I was vibing the Vikings
1: to win or to cover.
0: Well, I mean, either I, I you know, I, I'm not one of those people who who were you know was a believer in the 49ers all season long, and maybe it's because I didn't watch enough of them to be honest.
2: I honestly think that the 49ers were maybe the only team that had the week off that benefited. They were really, really beat up and got some really key players back they got a uh, their I think it's their starting middle linebacker uh back who had been out since Halloween he had a torn torn pectoral muscle um and so it was pretty uh pretty herculean that they got him back he played well and uh, so I think they were one of the few teams that really benefited from the week off as kind of the west of the rest of the um uh, the games played out Yeah, I was and, looking I was looking forward to that game
1: and even early, it didn't feel close. It just looked like like uh, Minnesota was outclassed. So that that one was a letdown. And
0: the, uh, the Minnesota offense looked uh, pretty bad in that game, actually. So, um, of course, the Browns hire the offensive coordinator from the Vikings
1: uh, to be their head coach. Congratulations, uh, Kevin Stefanski. Just move a, the Browns out and just, sorry, Cleveland, you had a chance. Like Is he related to Ed Stefanski, like the old, like the Sixers GM. I, I remember the name, but probably how many Stefanski's are there uh, in the world? That'd be a
0: red flag to me right there. If that was, even... <laughs> even if it's not true, it would be a red, red flag to me, but I don't know. All right. So congratulations, San Francisco. You'll be hosting uh, the, uh, the NFC championship game. The other game that night titans at ravens ravens everybody's pick to win the super bowl
1: yeah that game was fun just because of the chaos factor um but again i was expecting another good game and the titans since they beat us last year in that game that Will never forget <laughs> since they beat us last year. I've always, I've been pretty impressed with them, you know, as a sort of you know grinded out, really capable kind of team. But they, they kicked Baltimore's ass. <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was, it was a fun game. Just for I can't believe they're doing this, and it set up my hope. Once they won, oh, I was. I was praying for Texans versus Titans, like winner gets the Houston Oilers uh, legacy. Because I have always confused the Texans and the Titans since the Texans came into existence. In my head, they're like two sides to one coin.
2: Yeah, the Texans are a straight uh, expansion team, right? And Mm -hmm. I guess technically, because I think the first year in Tennessee, they were the Tennessee Oilers, and then they They adopted their own identity as the Tennessee Titans but they've kind of kept certainly in their early incarnation some of the I guess the look of the 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 Oilers now it's you don't you you know you wouldn't even know that they came other than maybe the light blue but I feel like it's you know they sort of had some uh pops of Houston's uh uniform and stuff at the beginning but now they're they're almost a completely own thing with their own their own history
0: so I just looked this up. I had no idea I had no idea why the Titans were called the Titans. It just seems like a ridiculous thing. Like it's just like a made up a made up name. Did you know that Nashville is known as the Athens of the South?
1: I did not.
2: What I does did. that even mean? I did know that. They actually have a, a, a mock up of the Parthenon in um in Nashville. You can go there Are and you... visit it and walk through it. Are you are you serious? Yeah, I, I've been there. Uh,
1: okay, so if they're the Athens, who is the Sparta of the South? Detroit. Oh, of the
2: what? South. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of Detroit as the Sparta. Period. Full stop. Um, I guess probably. Uh, well, it could be Memphis if you want to stay in Tennessee. Memphis is a little <laughs> rougher. Been there too. I,
0: I don't like like the birthplace of country music. Is is that the epicenter of 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 all uh, culture? It's, I, I don't know. That's why I think of
2: Athens, right? They were like a, a cultural epicenter. No, I had no idea why they were named that either. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Nashville is kind of a uh, – it's 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 kind of hopping compared to the rest of Tennessee from my limited experience there. Um, it's a lot more cosmopolitan, I thought.
0: Well, that's why they chose the Titans. I, yeah. I, I never knew that. I thought they just made up like a, like this would be a cool football team name.
2: Yeah, and, f- <laughs> and famously, just to give you some idea of when I was there, like what time – historically i was there uh i uh, was walking past the uh the arena where the predators play and walking directly across the street in my, like towards my direction was newly hired coach peter Laval peter laviolette he had just been hired in nashville uh when i was down there and um I got a lot of encouraging from my wife. Like, oh, you should go tell him that we miss him in Philadelphia. He hadn't even been gone all that long. Um, <laughs> but, of course, I, like, I totally regret now not going up and stopping him because I'm sure he would have been um, anxious to talk to a rogue Flyers fan in the South. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I believe I, I turned to my wife and said, I can't talk to him right now. He's an adult with lots of things to do. <laughs>
0: Well, I swear, I swear, I stood behind uh, Deuce Staley in line for Pirates of the Caribbean uh in disney world a few years back and uh i, I do regret not saying it
2: and you would have had to stand behind him for quite a while like this was just a pass but if you're in uh, line for parts of the caribbean like god you could like have whole relationships just in the li- in a line i know but disney i world. was
0: also weighing the length of that relationship were it not deuce Staley. oh um, yeah <laughs> and-
2: i think if you just offer him pickle juice you would know whether or not it was the right guy
1: All right, well, since we're going Close Encounters, mine, where I wanted to say something, was Brian Westbrook at the uh, Best Buy in Plymouth (laughs) meeting, like, around Christmas, and the dude had whatever, like, new iteration of the Xbox that was out, like, one under each arm. Sure. (laughs) And like I was walking in, he was like walking to check out. I'm like, that guy looks a lot like Brian Westbrook. I'm like, that dude totally is Brian Westbrook. <laughs> I'm like, do I say something? But I'm like, no, I opted not to. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been a
0: funny uh, <laughs> altercation there. Um, <laughs> all right, what the heck were we talking about? Oh yeah, oh, we yeah, were yeah. talking about playoffs. Texans, Texans, Titans.
2: Um. So I don't know if you, any of you guys were in, were you any of you guys in playoff pools at work or whatever? Because I will tell no. you, no. mine is rolled up and smoked right now. <laughs> Literally have just the Chiefs left, and I have the I have the Chiefs losing next week to Baltimore. So, well, I think almost
0: everybody had had the Ravens. So I mean, it is kind of a, a letdown, and I think if you listen to some of the stuff that Lamar Jackson was saying, you know, after the game. Um, <laughs> You know, it's one of those things where he very much has the spirit of "We'll be back plenty of times," and I have a good team around me, and uh, I'm not really sweating it. So, you don't always get back, dude. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I, I, to I the think his future is bright, and I
0: wouldn't see any reason why I wouldn't. But, uh, yeah. and it's not like he didn't do everything in his power, you, you know. To win, I mean, he had a fantastic game. Um, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So. You got to take advantage of those opportunities when they uh, present themselves. And they definitely had a golden opportunity to at least make the AFC championship
2: game. Well, I mean, there, there's some uh, twisted joy that I find, you know, last year's Eagles team has more playoff wins than the than a 14 win Baltimore team. So, you know, it, it just kind of puts into perspective, at least for me, that it, it is really difficult no matter what your record is when you get into the playoffs to win playoff games that's a 9 and 7 the exact same record as the eagles 9 and 7 team uh, uh, from tennessee and you the, you're not going to count them out even though they've got to go to kansas city next week so you know it's a lot like what uh, you heard a lot of the eagles saying at the uh, going into the seattle game once you get in there you got to have at least as a player you have to have a certain attitude of uh, why not us?
1: and some teams really do seem to suffer from that bye week you know like the Titans probably really did benefit from playing last week and just keep up the momentum keep rolling you know and it it's not consistent enough that I, I think it's a problem but you see it enough where the you know the division winner comes in after a week off. And sometimes they they come out rusty, and then all of a sudden you're down fourteen nothing, and you're playing catch up the whole rest of the game.
0: Well, it's like who's the most dangerous team in in the major league postseason? It's whoever wins the wild card game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to play in that wild card game because you're your backs up against it. But if you come out of that thing. You're battle tested, and we've seen that that team make a run so many times look at look at Washington this year
2: well and, and, <laughs> and Tennessee, to a certain degree, you know they had to go certainly they were written off going into Gillette to play the to play the the Patriots. Everybody thought even though the Patriots were not as vaunted as they had been in years past. nobody expected Tennessee at nine and seven to go into Gillette uh, and beat Tom Brady. At home, it, it's just not one of those things that's even Tom Brady has more playoff wins by himself than whole franchises. Um, So it's it's it was an incredible thing. And I think when you come off of a win like that, there's no reason to feel intimidated going into Baltimore. There's not going to be any reason to feel intimidated going into Arrowhead. I think they're playing loose. They're playing with house money. And, uh, you know, some teams really do thrive off of that. Uh, and they also are really good ever since they got away from Marcus Mariota. So one of those things where I'm really grateful that Chip Kelly ended up screwing that up.
0: <laughs> so, well, let's use that to segue over to uh, Andy Reid and his merry band of uh, child abusers and uh, uh, <laughs> vagrants. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Boy, man, I really thought that they were done in that first quarter. today, <laughs> Down 24 nothing. I mean, that's wild to come back and drop 50 points
1: yeah it's i that's the game i watched probably least this weekend because i you know saw the score and was like oh man andy blew this one and then came back i'm like oh they're they're making a game of it and then when i saw the end score i'm like shit (laughs) how do you do that how do you what was it like 51 31 like to end it, yeah,
2: and it really wasn't even oh. that close, believe it or not.
1: Wow, no,
0: well, so when 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 it was if when you look at the live betting, when Kansas City, uh, I think either t- I don't know how it worked. I think they went up by a couple po- like three points. At or one something
2: point, it up. was 24-21 Kansas.
0: City. Yeah, at that point, if you were to bet, uh, if you were to bet Kansas City, it was like minus ten thousand. Like that's how done the game was at that point, even though it was a three point game, yeah,
2: and I think there was a half of football left,
0: yeah yeah it it uh, just uh, just unbelievable and i I actually jumped in and started watching it when it was twenty one nothing because I was like, I am here for this kind of uh carnage. I just wanted all of those like Andy Reid faces, close ups of the twitching mustache, and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, because you know we kind of talked about the you, know, you go back and listen to the uh, the episode I think it's called the Andy Reid rollercoaster coaster or something like that yeah um kind of like where my emotions of, towards Andy lie and right now I, I really I'm really uh, yeah,
1: I'm an anti Andy guy and I'm I'm not as passionate about being anti Andy as you are <laughs> but. I agree with you. And I think on the same episode, I brought this exact point at, at one point with like, you know, with Michael Vick, you know, I didn't want the Eagles to sign Michael Vick. Cause I didn't want to have to root for him, but he did pay his debt to society. He went to jail. He did his time. He came back. And with Andy Reid's, you know, troubles with his kids. I thought, you know what? For the guy who always probably, you know, place a lot of emphasis on character this made sense for andy reed i got it and now it's just like any old crook it's like like andy reed does not care he doesn't care anymore that quote unquote character has gone well out the window a long time ago so yeah and, if you he just wants to win he doesn't care what kind of scum you and
0: are. i put out a tweet recently that it's you know i love football but i think i hate the nfl Yeah, Uh, like all of this stuff just makes it they they really do everything they can to make watching football sort of um, leave a bad taste in your mouth between clowning, not getting fined for the hit on Wentz that seems to be universally agreed upon was a dirty hit uh, or at least had malicious intent intent behind it to all of these like just horrible, horrible, disgusting human beings uh, that just get rewarded. Um, for their behavior because they, you know, excelled at this sport. Um, you know, I, I enjoy watching it, but it just makes it really kind of feel like I need a shower
1: after each game. Well, Yeah, especially when, when Antonio Brown is going to be back in this league before Colin Kaepernick is. You know, at this time, you know, we talked about Kaepernick a while ago of is he worth the gamble having been out of the league for three years. But, you know, you have people who, who – committed murder or like accessories to murder and they got to play the games some dude who is outspoken was blackballed that's really messed up i don't care if you agree with his politics or not that's messed up i would really love for another league to rise up and actually get success
2: well you may have your chance the xfl (laughs) Has already put out their rules, which I haven't read yet. So I just presumed they wouldn't need to announce their rules, since I just figured they would play football. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that would be a topic for uh, for me to to research. Sounds like another
0: bonus episode. Yeah, Jim. let's break down the
2: rules for the break XFL. down the rules for the XFL. Uh, I hope that they make everybody get wear.
1: he hate me on the show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably available. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's free, Yes. Um, all
0: right, and then the uh, the Packers game. I'm sure everyone's rooting for the Packers in this game. Oh. Really, see why anybody would be like, "Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see the Seahawks."
2: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any particular affic- uh, affinity for the Seahawks. So you I, don't, want, you
0: don't want to like see the Seahawks go on and win the Super Bowl, so no, you could say no. we lost to the Super Bowl champion or something No, some no, like no that. not
2: in this case. All right. So, well, I mean, we could say we beat the Packers too. We beat them at home on Monday Night Football. So you know. Which didn't True. beat him in the playoffs. Um, so here's, here's, I guess my, my, my question, last thing on this. So I, I'll speak for myself first. I have, I'm throwing my weight behind the Titans. Uh, I, I would like to see, much like I was appreciative of the Eagles being able to uh, avenge their, uh, their loss uh, in the Super Bowl uh, by winning one. Uh, I feel like the Titans have, as a franchise, been owed another chance. They uh, were. One of the f- best Super Bowls I ever watched that was a non-equal Super Bowl was that that one against the Rams between the Rams and the That's Titans where, they, where they, they, you know, one yard short. Um, and I was really rooting hard for the, uh, for the Titans in that game. So Aaron McNair. Air McNair, and I would really love to see the Titans get back uh, they have some great, uh, much like the the Eagles, they have some great uh, famous miracle wins in there. You know they have the Music City Miracle uh, in their in their history. So I feel like they're on kind of a, a a trip of destiny. It'd be nice to see them go to Arrowhead and you know win playoff games in in Gillette and Arrowhead to get to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm a I'm a Titans all the way guy right now.
0: R.I.P. Steve McNair.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus. Yeah. It was grim too. Fun. So I'm I'm all
0: in on the Packers. Like I'm I'm because uh, I'm I want to root for a team that has a chance to actually uh, win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't, I don't
1: know. Uh, I'm pretty Let's much not happens. not the Chiefs entertaining Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's yeah. pretty yeah, much for good TV. Point. Yeah, exactly. Totally I yeah, mean, Ruford anything Ruford.
2: anything's gonna be better than last year's Super Bowl. That that last year's yeah. Super Bowl was maybe the worst game. I, bad commercials, bad game, just nothing to root for, just bad.
0: Um. All right. Well, let's move on to the Flyers and 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 Six. I, I have a real quick Sixers thing I want to talk about. We we don't need to get into it too much, but I do want to uh bring bring to attention that uh Matisse Thibel has endorsed. An official nickname.
1: I saw the headline, but I didn't actually click on the story, so I'm very curious as to what it is. Okay.
0: First off, I just want to say I hate it. Okay. And it's Mathief.
1: Mathief.
0: <laughs> like, now I get it. <laughs> like, not Matisse the thief. Like, we what we get, he wants the portmanteau it to Mathief.
1: It sounds like you bit your tongue. That's, that's what he says thief. in the
0: article too. <laughs> so it's like it's kinda like my name, but you know, with like a lisp or something at the end.
1: <laughs> my thief had a good game. <laughs> you thief? He, no... <laughs> yeah. no, my thief. My thief.
2: I, I feel like he should just it should just be the thief. Like not my thief. Yes. It should just be yes. the thief. <laughs> like that's kinda the same thing, but just that's an actual nickname like most or Matisse the thief Matisse is fine the thief too. yeah I mean that's too long but just the thief like that's you know if you're if you're calling the game and that's really the thing is he can endorse everything he wants nicknames much like I could I would could come up with one for myself uh but unless it gets used it, it's not really that's not how nicknames work you don't get to just I, I'd prefer to be called big red now like no like, like <laughs> It's not really going well, to be. No, a
0: thing. they they basically were like, "Here's a menu of all the the shit people are calling you. Which one do you like?" And he's like, oh, "I actually like this one the best." So, I don't know. Anyway, was there an,
1: was there an emoji option?
0: <laughs>
1: Somehow ours did not did not make the list. <laughs> I might, I I might endorse Mathief just to hear Charles Barkley try to say it. <laughs> <laughs> like I think. I think he could have like severe problems with that. It also sort of sounds,
0: but it also sounds like someone who is going around robbing McDonald's. <laughs> the thief. It's the
1: off-brand hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> the hamburger, oh, aka the thief.
0: <laughs> Flyers. Sort of a. Ho-hum, up and down, maybe a little more down than up week for the Flyers. But Gene, you were at the center yesterday for the Lightning game. I
2: was. I was finally able to see that big, giant TV in person. And uh, first and foremost, Chuck, I have to say, so much TV, so little good usage for statistics.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for uh, re-endorsing my penalty box. It's... It's gorgeous, but they just don't know what to do with it yet. Did they show the
0: number of goals the Flyers scored last night anywhere on that scoreboard, that Uh, big, beautiful scoreboard?
2: There were a lot of of numbers that would, like, resemble that. But, like, honestly, at one point, I had inverted, like, the number of shots for each team because it just – it's just – it's confusing to kind of look at. Like, you would think something that huge – it would be easy to kind of navigate, but it just and maybe it was because I was kind of like a side angle for the for the bend. Um, but I had everything all backwards. So at one point I was like, well, you know what? Screw that stupid thing. I'm just going to watch the game.
0: <laughs> like Novel they did pur- in the olden days. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. But it is great for the uh, the pregame, like when the fire and the thing moves that whole bit. Nice cool it is impressive
1: it's very impressive this hopefully either by the end of the season or next season they they get more creative in the usage of it
2: so you know what's not impressive though the people who were around me
0: go on interesting well
2: so wait first can we can we can I ask what section you were in uh 204a okay so it's it was like she were not like on a the glass. Yeah, no, I was up. Uh, you, you know, were in Revolutionary Road or whatever the hell that's called up there. No, no, I was up in the corner in the. Uh, I wouldn't call them the nosebleeds, but I would say we. I was with the rest of the the rabble. Okay, and, and it was very rabbly Rabbly? yeah.
0: Define rabbly.
2: So, uh, first of all, quite literally, as we sat down, um, there was a group behind us. To my right. Uh, that was probably like a whole family. It was like a dad, mom, some teens. their friends. Um, and that was, you know, fine. But then shortly after, uh, uh, four more people filled into the row in front of me. And apparently they knew each other, but didn't know they were sitting in the same section. Like they weren't together. So the remainder of the night, I was like the awkward third wheel in this conversation. Because... They were talk instead of texting each other or, you know, like waiting to hang out at the end of the game, literally they had to talk to each other through, like, over me, which was- Did amazing. you at any point
0: offer to swap seats with two of those people? There was two, it
2: was like too many of them. There was too many uh-huh. of them. Plus, I liked my seat. Like, I was in a good spot. There wasn't somebody tall in front of me, which is an issue for a guy like me, Um no, you know, nobody's standing up and taking off their clothes, which is a problem for other sections. Excuse me? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys have seen this cam, but I guess maybe there's some sort of a gritty cam uh, where they there's some sort of encouragement for people. Oh, it's the belly cam. That's what it is. Uh, it's the yes. belly cam. So, you know, they always go around and people will stick their fist into their jersey and make it look like they have a gritty belly or they'll find like, The pregnant woman, and I'll zoom in on her. And how have we not been on this? (laughs) Um,
1: Probably come so fat that I'm stuck in my chair (laughs) because they're pretty narrow uh, after the renovation.
2: They're (laughs) incredibly narrow. Yeah, they are (laughs) uncomfortably narrow. So uh, one section over from us in 204. Now. He, thing number one to realize, if you want to be on the, the gritty belly cam, try to find out where the camera is. Like, and, and if the camera's not near you, you don't need to do the belly thing. Like, You, you just don't, especially if it's on the other side of the arena. Um, and you're in the arena, you can generally see where these things are. But there was a guy who was so plastered that he just insisted on taking off all of his clothes. <laughs> so shirt nice. and trousers like the whole bit and just belly 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 okay fine everybody got a big laugh out of this but that was like mid the beginning of the second period the guy continued to like at every stop not even every stoppage he would just stand up and and just take off his shirt and start did whipping ever get around. get on did he ever get on the no kingdom?
1: no no he didn't he did not. he ever get kicked out of the arena?
2: He got, sev- like, because he kept getting up in the middle of a play. Like, we would uh. be in the offensive zone, and and people were trying to look down at the play, and he's standing up, like, whipping his shirt around, chanting or whatever. Well,
0: pickster, it didn't happen, Gene. You have any, uh... No, I didn't take any photographic picture. evidence. I don't of have any photographic gentleman. evidence of that, but can we, can we shame him on Twitter no, I, or something.
2: I wish, but I, I mean, there was a lot of, of shouting him down. Eventually he, his girlfriend finally wore him down and, and took him out.
0: Um Hey man, there's a lid for every pot, I guess. It, right? I guess
2: so. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, perhaps the most irritating to me though, was the guy who was sitting directly next to me and I hope he's listening because
0: this is, this is rough right next to you. Yeah.
2: Huh? He was sitting directly next to me. So. I thought of Chuck immediately because his daughter was with him. She didn't seem super interested in being there. She was probably like 15. Uh, and then his son was uh, on the other side of them. They were doing the double. They had been there for the Vill- Villanova game earlier in the day. Um, so they had gone to the Villanova game, gone out to eat, come back. So the kids were kind of like, to- like done with being at a sporting event at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But it always sounds good when, like before,
0: like when you're planning it, it's like, this is a great yeah, idea. This is a great idea. We'll <laughs> go eat and we'll come back.
2: But, like, by the middle of the first period, like, they were just like, oh, my God, this sucks. Um, so dad is – clearly one of the kids was old enough to be driving because dad was well into, like, his Bud Lights. He was trying to explain how hockey works to the daughter. Totally wrong. <laughs> so he turned to me at one point and asked me, like, where are the flyers on the standings? And I tried to explain to him that. And he was still, like, trying to – he was, like – had teams in the wrong conferences, wrong divisions. But mo- then he's trying to explain lines, like how lines work. He's like, well, you know, you can't play the whole game, like in basketball, where people play the whole game. Well, that's not true either. But um, he was trying to explain like the concept of substitution. He's like, yeah, they they got to come off, and and then you got lines of five. And I was like, and so if you had been there, Chuck, at one point, you would have just stopped him and said, "Let me do this." I'll explain the game to this poor, unfortunate girl. She's going to meet some nice guy some someday. Maybe he'll be playing hockey. Those guys usually have money. Um, and he, she's not going to have any idea what she's talking about. You've explained this all wrong. So after the kids got done with listening to Dad Jabber on and on and on, uh, he decided he was bored with the game, took out his phone, and started watching the Ravens game. Now, Jesus. now it's one yeah. thing to, like, check the score – or it's intermission. No, this was literally two minutes into the second period in a, I think at that point, a no-score game, which had been really exciting. He, and it's not even like it was an Eagles game or it was the Sixers-Dallas game. It was just a Ravens game. And he was, like, when everybody else would get up and cheer or whatever, he was still sitting there watching the Ravens game. Like, like he was at home on his couch watching a football game. So why, why did you, why would you come all or go to the bar, leave your seat, go down to the bar. Let me have more elbow room, go down to the bar. There's going to be a big TV where you can have all the Bud Light you can, they can bring you and you can watch the Ravens game and I can spread out. Like there's no reason for you to be in the seat in the arena on your phone while I'm trying to watch a hockey game. It was, it was Mind-numbingly frustrating to be around so many people. Honestly, that just had no concept of why they were there or what, like what they were supposed to be doing. How how being at a supporting event works. It's like who raised you?
0: So I, I think F- Flyers games have gotten kind of weird in the stands. Uh, last game I was at, um, the woman to my right was knitting. Uh, And the people and we can talk about that. And then the people to the left of me, uh, which, you know, Chuck, we've seen before, have their tickets printed so large on the piece (laughs) of paper. It was like the world's biggest ticket that was printed hard copy. Which, like, first off, like, stop printing your ticket. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, And second of all, if you are going to print it, like, (laughs) he doesn't need to fill up an entire, like, 11 by, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheet of printer paper with, like, one huge, like, QR code. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even sure how the person at the gate was able to scan that ticket. It was so large. I wonder if, like, they were like, you have to stand back, like, 20 feet so I can scan (laughs) that Some Mitch. Uh, so anyway, it's starting to, it gets a little weird up there sometimes.
1: It it does and you know, I don't want this to sound like fan policing, but there's there there should be a certain sort of stadium etiquette, you know. And you know, talking over people, like that's that's just rude, where you had the people in front of you, Gene, and the people behind you, and they just talked over your all game. That's incredibly rude. But um on the fan policing idea, there's some people like just you know, everyone paid their money, they're there to enjoy the game. But it's not to be at the you know, detriment to anybody else there. If you're getting up during the play you're in the wrong sit down you're the asshole you know if you're pontificating while half drunk about the game that's probably you're right but i i would have been in hell I- if i was on. sitting next Hattie
0: to out about getting up during the play standing up during a play is okay there's a difference between getting up and standing up so like Getting up to leave is one thing, but standing up to cheer I feel like is another. And just because someone in the back is like, "Well, I don't stand up when I get excited." So everyone in front of me has to sit down. Like that's not cool. Like I like to stand up when it's a high pressure moment or something exciting is happening. I like to stand up. So that's what that's how I like to enjoy it.
2: And and that's totally fine. The 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 problem with the guy who was standing and taking his clothes off was his intent was to get on Fanavision or Spectravision or whatever Wells Fargo vision. The level of body hair on this guy. Uh like a 4 on a okay. scale of like if you're talking about grizzly bear is a 10, like this yeah. guy's like a 4. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I don't know if that was a problem. he
2: had one of those bowl haircuts, you know, like his girlfriend probably dropped like a salad bowl over and just shaved around it like uh like mo from the three stooges um <laughs> so like think of like the you know body hair is at a tee, orange and black boxers, and then almost fell at one point because he like had his jeans around his ankles um ridiculous and it was yeah. it it was not even like at exciting points during the game, he would get up and try to whip everybody into a frenzy. It was like, we're about to take an offside pen, uh, face off. I'm going to stand up and try to get on FanaVision.
1: Yeah, that's... And that does happen a lot. And your point about nowhere the camera... Well, not people stripping down. i going to say <laughs> that does not happen a lot. That was a unique experience to you, Gene. But, um... You know, people trying to get on Fanavision and all that stuff. And your point about the camera—I would do that like as a kid. It's like, oh, they're showing people like stand up and like wave my hands, and I'm like, the camera's nowhere near you. Like you can see when the camera's in your section. There's usually a big light on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so if you, but that's also if... dance break time. Yeah, that is dance break time. And, yeah, if he wanted, to, like, it was
2: fine while that bit happened, but that was, like I said, the beginning of the second period. We are now well into the third period in a game that we are starting to feel frustrated with the fact that the Flyers haven't scored, and this guy still is trying to be on a bit that happened at this point forty-five minutes ago. So, Gene, I have a couple
0: questions for you. Yeah, from your for your experience, did Gritty disrespect the Mites in any way at the second intermission?
2: Um. He was kind of – and it's funny because I had a conversation actually with a, a guy, one of the other people that was around me. And uh, I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how do you feel about uh, Gritty interacting with the the Mites during the during the period? It was just a, another couple. And the guy's like, I think it's funny. You know, I think Gritty's funny. Um, and I said, you know, hey, pro tip, did you know that the Mites on Ice are all on the same team? It's not two teams <laughs> having a game. He goes – Really? Like, they're not two teams? I was like, no, it's basically just practice. He's like, well, then Gritty can do whatever the fuck he wants. So I, I, I think that by spreading that kind of misnomer, that once people realize that it's not like Gritty is going and, and, and screwing up like a league game, um, I think people might get less uptight about the whole situation. Uh, my favorite <laughs> moment of the night of the in, in terms of Mites on Nights context is both the interviews after uh, the, the periods was involved two kids who have perfect comic timing. Uh, the first kid was the goalie he, and she's like, um, you know, oh, you, you got a shutout. Uh, can you, in your most excited voice, look right into the camera and say, uh, you're the might of the night. Um, and the kid was like, look right at the camera, was like I'm the might of the night and like completely <laughs> deadpan, Steven Wright style, uh, which was got a big laugh. And then the next one. Uh, the next period was a was a girl who was the exact opposite energy level. Could not be more excited that uh, she was a might, the might of the night. Uh, went absolutely bananas and gave gritty like a giant hug. It was so it was it was polar opposites to see uh, the the least uh, least excited mite in the history of mites on ice versus maybe the most frenetic. Did you mite. have double mites on ice? We did. We had two different teams. Uh, yeah, oh, double, okay. double 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 mites insane. on ice next question
0: did the audience or did the the stands go absolutely ape shit over the thing they put on the jumbotron that's like men cheer women cheer left-handed people cheer Redheaded people. Che- did did they show that? We, we that didn't once? do
2: that one. We had the the race around Philly in the dune buggy thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if those Not are interchangeable. Goal. You know what I'm
0: talking about, where they like split the crowd up a bunch of like a billion different ways. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they they did that the last two games I was at. I thought it was like a staple now.
2: And one of the, the the thing that was most frustrating as far as fan interaction with the with Fanavision was they did this thing called like fine gritty. Um, they really need to fine-tune the rules of Fine Gritty. It's like where some joker from AAA is going to like phone in and help you locate Gritty as you navigate the camera around. You're like, go left, go left. Like, just... Wait, is
0: it like a where's Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, it's kind of like a Where's game? Waldo
2: thing where like the camera is on the oh, crowd, okay. and then you have to direct the camera around. Well, because of the delay, like you say go left, and it's like, I'm going to go left. But, like, you have no idea what – you should get three guesses. You should be like, it's three <laughs> three moves away. You should go, like, left, left, right or whatever, something. But they need to tweak the rules. And then at one point they're like, we're going to call Joe from AAA. He'll help you. And, the, and then the AAA guy comes on and says, section 210. And they're like, "Oh no, you're supposed to say left or right. The whole thing was a debacle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that before. But well, really hopefully so, it was such a big I know, fail. We need, to, we need to see this. Hopefully
2: one. it was such a big fail that they scrap it and you never. No, have I want to see it. it. Um, <laughs> all right,
1: all right. Last question:
3: Who was in Chuck's penalty box?
1: All right, we'll keep up the interrogation to Gene. So, Gene, did any of those fans in your immediate surrounding make the penalty box this evening?
2: Wasn't a guy in my immediate surrounding, but it was a guy that I ended up standing behind uh, as I was going into the long line that would become the bathroom. Um, This is one thing, and I see this at every sporting event, maybe not so much at Eagles games, but... At, every, at, at Phillies games, Flyers games, Sixers games. It's the guy, and this was, yesterday was a Saturday game. It was the guy who was wearing his button-down work shirt, his dress slacks, his dress shoes that are polished to a mirror finish, his hair perfectly coiffed, uh, his designer wristwatch, and he's got a jersey on over top of it. Ooh. And generally, it's a jersey of a player who um, is either completely irrelevant or uh, has not been on the team for a long time. And I'm not, like, saying, like, it's a Bernie Perrant. It's like Simone Gagne. Like, yeah, good player, but, like, seriously, you haven't been able to upgrade your jersey since Simone Gagne? And, I mean, it looks like it's never, ever been worn before. And you know that this guy goes to one Flyers game a year – with his brother-in-law and they go and they're like, oh, "Hey, we're going to go to the Flyers game." Can't be bothered to even take off his work shirt to put just on the jersey. Like he has to put it on over top. Like what is that look? Like who possibly thinks that that is a good look? So you got a button now with like the cuffs buttoned? Like like a work shirt, like a like a like it was like a pinstripe blue pinstripe Work shirt with a jersey on over top of it. But, like, the
0: sleeves were, were like, down and the cuffs were buttoned. Yes,
2: buttoned. Yeah, jersey with over sh- buttoned. With, like, a T-shirt over it. Yes. Okay, so basically yes. What you're saying is a and T-shirt. And the collar, like, fl- you know, flared over top of it, clashing in every which way. Yeah, no, awful. And then the... You know, he the- intentionally
0: tucked the shirt under
2: the collar. Yeah. Yeah, the whole bit. Wild, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. And this is a person who had to be... It was professional looking. I mean, expensive, right. other stuff, and then like a twenty dollars jersey, and I think it was Simone Gagné. Was the
0: sh- was the jersey tucked in?
2: No, the jersey was just like that was okay. his casualness. Got it. But he had his his sport jacket, like, you know, like all GQ'd, like uh, waiting in line, to, you know, to urinate. <laughs> Okay. And uh, wait wait one one last thing. Oh. The Flyers have a chant. It's go uh, let's go Flyers, right? Mhm. You don't there is no spelling it, at Flyers games. There were people that were trying to do the G O F L Y no, there's no spelling at Flyers games.
0: Oh, my God. What the hell happened there that night? Did they, did they do the wave <laughs>
2: that night? Like, Yo, what? There was a, the wave went around. It, became, it, was, it was broadcast over the thing. Let's do the wave. And I turned to my wife. And I said, we're not oh fucking God. doing the wave. Oh Don't God. even get up. We're not doing the fucking wave. So when, you, when you're doing the G-O-F-L, it was like, I was like, I thought they were chant- like going to spell Giroux or something. I, I felt like an idiot because the cadence was all wrong. I was like, what word are they spelling? There's no spelling at Flyers games.
0: You need to go to weekday games. Man. Yeah, Seriously. man.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know what bizarro Flyers game you went to, man, but that that was just rough. I
2: had a really straight. good time though. Just
1: had a really good time. Well, good. I'm happy to hear it. So to the um business casual, but in all the wrong ways uh attendant to the flyers game you're getting two minutes for your zach Ronaldo t-shirts and another two minutes for not unbuckling unbuckling unbuttoning your cuffs that's a double minor uh for doing business casual all the wrong way all right dave who is in your penalty box this week uh i'm gonna go a little bit
0: more mainstream here and i'm gonna put julian edelman uh in my penalty box um Hot off the heels of uh, of losing a first round playoff game last week last night, Julian Edelman decided to get drunk and jump on someone else's Mercedes, uh, which basically got him arrested uh, for vandalism. So the what, what a what another uh, just gem of a dude for the NFL to promote, you know. Former P.E.D. violator uh, now gets arrested for some drunken conduct, damaging someone's Mercedes. Just bravo. Patriots just continue to just hit it out of the park week after week. So for that, Julian Edelman, you're going in my penalty box.
1: All right. Julian Edelman for banging up a Benz and... Um, going all Hulk smash on your gamma rays or PEDs, You're getting a two minute minor for vandalism. Two minute minor for vandalism. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? All right. This one's been a long time coming, but it's the recent violation. Jimmy Fallon, you're going in the penalty box. And the reason Jimmy Fallon is going into the penalty box is for... Not recognizing that every celebrity sketch doesn't need him. Uh, recently, Will Smith was on and they did a, you know, the history of Will Smith rap. And I gotta say Will Smith can still bring it. This was a rap that I don't know how much time he had to rehearse, but he nailed it. And um, Jimmy Fallon performed it with him. Jimmy Fallon did not nail it. Jimmy he was like screwing up the words he was off the beat he was kind of trying to do like a whiny Beastie Boys white rapper sort of thing but he didn't really stick with that and Jimmy Fallon has the home court advantage they probably wrote this like a week before he came in Jimmy had plenty of time to rehearse it and he was so off it was just I don't want to say it was ruinous because Will Smith really did a hell of a job with it, but it was really awkward. He hardly had any lines. He messed up all of them, and you have the roots right there behind you. Just grab a root, anyone, just anyone. Guy plays the tuba, put him in there. He's going to do it better than you. So Jimmy Fallon, you're getting a two-minute minor for not getting out of your own way. Jimmy, you're not as funny as you think you are. You know, when you grab a root, you have to get the whole root. (laughs) It'll just grow back. (laughs) Well, that explains the longevity of the band.
0: (laughs) To be found, don't be disrespecting a Philly legend like that.
1: And that applies to both Will Smith and the roots.
0: All right, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Um, If you haven't done so already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Podadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out The Whip Around with new episodes every Wednesday. And until then, uh, we'll see you next. We'll be back to see you next Monday. So until then, have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here.